0: Byron Janis celebrated his 95th birthday on Friday, March 24th. Born in McKeesport, he is a legendary American classical pianist who recorded for RCA, Mercury, and Phillips Records. In 1960, he became the first American artist chosen to participate in a cultural exchange program with the Soviet Union. He's a recipient of the French Legion of Honor for Arts and Letters and a Stanford Fellowship from Yale University. We spoke to him back in 2016 when he visited the Pittsburgh region, and we talked to him about his remarkable career and about his struggles with arthritis, which sidetracked his performances in the 1970s. He has served as an advocate for people with arthritis since 1985. Here's Byron Janis. Congratulations and, and a belated happy birthday.
1: Thank you. And it was also my, the 50th anniversary of my marriage,
0: Maria cooper Jennings. C- Congratulations. Uh, I understand you threw out the first pitch at a Pirates game.
1: I did. That was <laughs> April. And I didn't realize, actually, how much, how much it meant to do that. Because everywhere I was going, you threw out the first pitch Wow, you know, <laughs> much more reaction than a conscious. even yes. Uh, but it was uh, it was it was a really. Because I've been a baseball fan since I was
0: five years old. Let me ask you though, because you've been an advocate for for people who are suffering with arthritis, and you yourself have uh, been uh, living with arthritis for for many years now. Yes. Since 1973. So that must have been, how did you prepare uh, your your hands to, to throw that baseball?
1: You know, it was, I I kind of proved something that I believe in very strongly. It doesn't always work, but it can work. And that's kind of a mind over matter. Okay. But because my first problem was when I was 11, and I put my hands through a glass door window. And I, after the operation, I lost... They they uh, cut the tendon Ugh. and there in that finger, and since eleven, that finger has no
0: feeling. That is a very significant handicap for someone they, in your line of work.
1: A serious handicap for pianists because that's a very important finger. Both little fingers are important because one is sort of the melody so the right hand is the melody, and then the left hand is the bass. Uh huh. bass and, and they're very important, but uh. I was told by the doctor, Well, you will never play again, but you're very young and you will find something such etc. Such, 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 such. I at that time I didn't listen to him. Yeah. Could not I could not imagine not playing a piano at that point, no matter what. And I worked and I worked on that and I I sat differently at the piano, so I had a, a more peripheral uh with the peripheral vision, like, okay, uh, which I couldn't get when I when I leaned down too much. So I sat back a bit so I could see the hand, both hands, and um, I learned to direct it to the note I wanted to. It took me quite a while to do, but I did. It. And um, I mean, those doctors said it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's impossible to do that well. It can be done. You know, if you have talent, if you have passion, Uh and you have perseverance, those are two very important words and feelings to overcome
0: something. Byron Janice is on the phone with us right now, recently celebrated his 88th birthday, one of the most celebrated concert pianists of the 20th century. Um, and uh, I, my understanding, and, and I don't know if you, are you able to talk about this? I understand that uh, uh, Martin Scorsese has some interest in making a movie about your life.
1: Yes, well, uh, that is true, but I, I, I'm not supposed to talk about That's okay. It, but I don't know details, and they ask me
0: not to. That that's okay. I, I I read that in the in the Daily Variety. Um, yes, yeah, that's it was
1: not right. But,
0: you, when you were in Pittsburgh recently, you went to Carnegie Mellon University and you worked with a, a, a few students there. Tell us about that. Uh,
1: well, I was. I would say there were three students I worked with, and two of them were really talented. Okay. It pleased me a lot, and um, uh, it was. It was they they can do things if they keep going.
0: That must be gratifying for you to to work with these young people.
1: It is uh, even you know children. I also I went to the Children's Institute.
0: in Pittsburgh. Oh really?
1: Yes, because it was told told me by a man who and his wife who have become very good friends. And that was former governor and attorney general. For,
0: Dick Thornburg. Yeah.
1: And he had a son who, who this place helped a great deal uh, in the condition that I don't think any. any I, I, I'm saying this because I was told uh-huh. that they can do things that other children cannot do. They have more equipment, they have more whatever. Yeah. Resources, etc., etc., and uh, so, and he's now living on his own, with, with help still, of course. But, but he was greatly improved by the institute, uh. and you can imagine how the governor felt <laughs> so, when that when that. So he's still interested, and he came to the to the. Uh, I did. I came visited him again. I visited him five years ago when I was in Pittsburgh. I wanted to go back. He's disabled children in all kinds of ways. Some of them are really awful.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Which well, I won't go into all of all with different kinds of disabilities. And music, you know, music, I think most musicians know this, but now science has finally, has finally proven that music, besides The beauty of listening, the beautiful music, has also another capacity for healing.
0: And it reaches so many people across so many different levels, class levels, economic levels.
1: And and, I went to play in Washington, Walter Walter,
0: Reed Hospital.
1: Walter Reed Hospital, yes, Uh where we have so many veterans who are so disabled with no legs. It was horrible to see what war is really like. I wanted to play, uh, knowing this, and I spoke to spoke to quite a few of them, and they all said one thing. I asked them, "What was your healing? What was your uh, your the things that were done to help you uh-huh. to help you recover?" And they said, "Music was one of the most important." I found that absolutely fascinating.
0: Your music certainly has been uh, very important. Byron Janus is our guest today. He is a celebrated concert pianist. He is was born in McKeesport, and that's what we want to talk with him a little bit about today. He's got a website, byronjanus.com. Uh, at 88 years old, he's got a blog up there, and uh, he's also got a Facebook page. If you go to byronjanus.com, you can listen to some of his performances. You can also buy some of his CDs. You're listening to Radio 81, WEDO, 1550, WZUM, WM. MCK.FM, the new sound of the Bond Valley, and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be right back. (laughs) ¶¶ 1-2-6-7-8-6-1-9-1. Back now to our interview with Sport native Byron Janis, who recently celebrated his 95th birthday. This interview was recorded in 2016. Our guest is the celebrated concert pianist Byron Janis. You can go to his website byronjanis.com. You can also find him on Facebook. At his website you can listen to some of his music and you can get his CDs and read more about his remarkable story. When I first reached out to you when you were in Pittsburgh, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about was your early life uh, growing up in McKeesport. Your, your parents uh, came to McKeesport from where? Well,
1: my father was a businessman man. He owned a, owned a lot of there army and navy stores. Okay. I bought uh, ten or twelve of them, and we lived in the key Then the Then the recession came. He lost every store
0: but one in Pittsburgh. Ugh. Were they Were they born? Now, your parents were, were Russian or Polish or both? And Polish, Russian, and Polish. Russian. My father was Polish. Were they born in this country or were they born in the old country? Born in the old country, yeah. Okay, okay. And you—you said your dad had a had a army navy store and lost everything in the depression, except the, one store.
1: So, I, I, so we were forced to leave the case for
0: when I was two years old. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Where did you go to
1: Pittsburgh?
0: Pittsburgh. Um,
1: because of, because of the, his business, that's the only thing he had, and you know. And so we had to make do with a difficult situation.
0: Where did you live in Pittsburgh? Do you remember?
1: And yes, sure. I lived first in Squirrel
0: Hill. Okay. I
1: remember the street, Tilbury Street. Okay. And I went, I lived in Pittsburgh until I was eight years old. When my teacher in Pittsburgh was, was Russian, man named Abraham huh my P.O.W., I uh, wasn't engaged because my parents heard about him, and I showed this ability in kindergarten to just play by ear. In kindergarten? In kindergarten, yes. What the teacher's playing on the piano, I could, I played on my xylophone. <laughs> and then she pulled me up in the seat. And she, I said, she said, could you do that? And I said, I don't know. But then I, I did it. Next thing I knew, they were in my home telling my parents. Uh I have an older sister who has left us, but she was just playing the piano as any, you know, normal person would do it that time, getting piano lessons. And so we had a little piano in the house. And so uh, they said to my mother, "Uh, your son has a terrific ear. I suggest you get him started in, in playing an instrument. Ah. actually, you have a piano, so I'm interested in piano. And that's how that happened. So they, they pinned a note on me. <laughs> and that was very upsetting to me because, you know, when a note was pinned, something, <laughs>
0: <laughs> usually the <your> parents. <laughs> usually it's bad news when the teacher sends you home with a note.
1: So I was pretty frightened. I didn't know what I had done. <laughs> it was wrong. Anyway, it was cleared up pretty soon when they came to my house.
0: And were to my mother. Were, 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 was any of your family members, your, your father or your mother or your sister, were anybody else musically inclined? N- no. Okay. My well my sister, no. I mean,
1: they liked music. My, my father was like sort of virtuos, virtuosity. huh. got him excited. And uh, my mother used to
0: stand
1: up on the top floor of going to the opera there. She, she liked music very much. Mm-hmm. My sister just, just
0: normally. But you were were gifted, and yeah. and and were taking piano lessons by the age of four years old.
1: Yeah, and you know these things are born into us. You know, talent. I really very strongly use this, is something we're born with. You a the young, uh, fish, chess player. Right? You
0: you had an offer to come down here to to study at Carnegie Tech, but your your mother wanted you to go to Juilliard.
1: No, I didn't go to Juilliard.
0: Oh, you didn't? No, no. This,
1: that isn't this uh, understanding. And other of the things you've written
0: about me. Okay.
1: Um, I went. I just came exactly. Abraham. Yeah. Teacher, he called. He. It was a great pianist living in New Island, you know, named Joseph Levine. Okay. And his wife was Rosina, They taught at Juilliard, yes, she taught at Juilliard, he did. But this gentleman, Mr. Lituk called them, not knowing them, but Russian. Russian to Russian. <laughs> uh-huh. you know, language. And he said, Listen, I've got this boy. I don't know what to do with him anymore. I really would like you to hear. So we went to New York, I played for them in Juilliard, two gardens. And I didn't know what happened, but my parents told me what they, uh, they, they wanted to work with me. Well, I was thrilled because, you know, I knew what, who he was, told who he was. She was also a pianist, a very good one, but not, not the great one that he is. Could. So I came to New York at eight. My mother, contrary to some of her, she was one of 10 children. But uh-huh. Contrary to one of the ten children who said, You shouldn't do this, you shouldn't break up the family, That da da and so on. Uh, You're making a mistake. Anyway, she did it because she felt she had to. My father remained in
0: Pittsburgh. So she moved to New York with you?
1: She moved to New York with me okay. and with my sister.
0: Okay, okay. My father remained in Pittsburgh.
1: And we. I lived in New York, uh, studying with the ladies for about oof, two, two, two or three years. And, you know, which was really incredible to be able to work with such a great pianist
0: at that age, you know? And that was, you were, you were eight when you began studying with the Levines, and then you were 10 when you lost the, the sensation in your in your in your finger.
1: finger. I, then they, try, they started to travel more, and they said, well, you must have regular lessons, so... We're going to hear you once in a while, but they put me together with their associate teacher, a lady named Adele Marcus, Okay. later became the head of the power department at Juilliard. Uh, but I worked with her
0: for about five, six years. When, when did you first play at, at Carnegie Hall?
1: At Carnegie Hall in New York City, I was. I made my debut, concert
0: debut, okay. at 19. Okay. I
1: 20, at 20. But I made my orchestral debut. 15 with the NBC symphony.
0: With Toscanini. I was, right.
1: I was 15. But it was interesting that I played a concert in Pittsburgh. I, I was 16. Uh-huh. Warren Lovell
0: was 14. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Warren
1: Lovell, as you know, we can Uh-huh. They conducted, conducted Pittsburgh for some years. Yes. But it was by chance that Horowitz was in the audience because he had played his recital the night before, and he was supposed to be. Monday night by train. So he was invited. He came to the concert, he came backstage and was very kind of about performance. he said, When you come to New York, I'd like to hear you play some more. I played some more for him in New York and
0: he wanted to work with me.
1: Hey, I was his first
0: student. And he and you he heard you play Rachmaninoff's piano concerto number no. two, is that what I was told? Correct. Okay.
1: Correct.
0: And you worked with Vladimir Horowitz then for four years.
1: Uh, three and a half, yes.
0: Okay.
1: I, until I... my debut at Carnegie Hall in New York. I did play my first recital, if you will, when I was nine years old at the Carnegie Music Hall in Pittsburgh. Oh, did you? Yes.
0: Do you remember what you played?
1: Oof, you know, I have a program somewhere. <laughs>
0: That's okay. That's okay. That, that was a few years ago. I don't think we need to go. I was just curious if you if you could remember the experience.
1: Yes. By the way, I went to
0: the School there. Okay. By- Byron Janice is on the phone with us right now from his home in New York City. He was born in McKeesport. Uh, his early years were spent in Squirrel Hill and uh, has gone on to become a, a celebrated concert pianist. He's got a website at byronjanis.com. You can find CDs, you can read his blog, and uh, you can read his biography as well.
1: This is a Tube City Almanac, Tube City Online Community Event Announcement. The DEA 24th National Drug Take Back Initiative will be held on Saturday, April 22nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the North for Sales Township Police Department. This event is an opportunity for the public to safely dispose of potentially dangerous controlled substances and other pharmaceuticals.
0: More now from our interview with Byron Janis, McKeesport native and world-renowned concert pianist who just turned 95 years old. This interview was recorded in 2016. Byron Janis is our guest. He is the celebrated concert pianist who has performed at the White House and in the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, that is. Uh, He and his wife are the authors of the book Chopin and Beyond, which you can get at his website, byronjanis.com, where you can also find his CDs and his blog. Uh, He is a McKeesport native and grew up in the Pittsburgh area, and we're very happy to have him with us today. Younger people today probably don't understand how significant it was. In 1960, you went to the Soviet Union in the, the the worst of the Cold War, really. How were you selected? Do you know?
1: Well, I don't know, but State Department called me and said we'd like you to represent us. It was a it was a new cultural exchange between the Soviet Union and the United States. It was the opening of it, and I I was very honored that they chose me
0: to represent the United
1: States at this at this uh, cultural exchange.
0: And I understand that at first the, the the Russians I I read somewhere and this may or may not be true that when you first came out they were silent no one applauded, no one said anything, and then you started to play.
1: No, but there was one thing they did say. Okay. They shouted. They no applause at all. I
0: thought, yeah. Oh, was rather nerve wracking. I said,
1: What is going on? Suddenly they start shouting, "You too, you too, you too," and I realized. Oh. Remember the spy plane? We sent over to the Soviet Union as a spy plane. It flew very high and was thought that nobody could ever shoot it down because it was too high. It happened before, about three months before. Uh-huh. So the feeling was very antagonistic.
0: How did you win them over? Music. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really, it was unbelievable because by the intermission, I saw, I felt here, yeah, music was going music and I were doing were doing what we were, what we were supposed to do, which was uh-huh. win over the public. Some of them came to the edge of the stage and were weeping. And I thought why, why and I said, I know why they're weeping because truly I was the enemy. I was the American enemy. And they found I was I was a human being through through my music, I suppose, and through my to the theory they got from my performances and and that's what that's what did it and at the end it was an ovation that 25 minutes uh,
0: you, you and and your wife who your wife herself has had a very accomplished career as a painter I believe as
1: a painter she's very um, wonderful very talented painter and you know her father was Gary Cooper yeah and so she comes from another world <laughs> <laughs> That, that once she, she was, somebody gave her a recording of mine for broke off her chair, It was a very virtuoso piece, fast and very sort of electric kind of thing. So she started to, to etch, to, to do some etching at She did it so hard that she injured her, her, her wrist. Mm. And she had to have a slight operation on the wrist, on the tendon, and everything to make the hand usable again.
0: What what a challenge again! What a challenge for for an artist to exactly. for a painter.
1: Had hand, hand problems.
0: Well, well, I was going to ask you about the book that uh, you and uh, Mrs. Janice wrote.
1: So beyond my extraordinary life in music and
0: the paranormal. Is that?
1: It's a word I don't like. I don't use it if I can anymore. What I like to call it is the unknown.
0: What What does that mean? Tell us a little bit about what that means, and we.
1: I've had. It means things that happen that you can't explain. Uh-huh. Kinds of things suddenly appear. If you're in one room. Something suddenly comes flies into the room, and it from another room. That's one thing. I mean, it, it yeah. goes on and on. Things appear. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> at a restaurant, once you're. you're I mean, let's say a, rest- it's a restaurant, restaurant, a Greek restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The play- play- place cards were uh, are, um, with a group with a parthenon on them, and we ha- Maria t- taught me to love uh, crystals, shells, a lot of them, and one of them suddenly appeared on that uh, on a map there, and it was quite like the possum. Mm. It had exactly the configuration of the possum. That sort of thing, you know. And, you know, I, I, things still happen, you were know, things that I didn't even want to write about because people say he's mad. <laughs> but a lot of people simply don't believe in the unknown. They just don't. Can't change those people,
0: ever. They'll always find an excuse, something like that. We've we, we've talked a lot about your work as a performer, and, and we've talked a little bit now about um, your writing and your storytelling. But you've also been a composer and an educator. In fact, I believe you got a lifetime achievement award from the Music Educators Association. Uh, yes. So, so you've yes. taught and you've you, you you teach and you and you have written music in addition to performing.
1: I think I still teach, but not not a lot.
0: Uh huh.
1: Not a lot because.
0: Well, because of my own time, mm-hmm.
1: I'm still playing a little. I don't play any normal concerts anymore because that's why has gotten worse. I mean, everything is affected, and
0: one of hands has lost some of its extension. As as you know, we have a lot of folks in the in the uh, Pittsburgh area who are older, and in, was wondering if you have any advice for 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 people to, to for how you have been able to persevere and how you have pushed on.
1: Yes, well, I had really top. Top
0: doctors,
1: and I I, uh, went to one who, then to Dr. Christian, who was the Bible, whatever it is, on arthritis, Uh and then then named Dr. Stephen Naivenson, who was incredible. What they did was they gave me well. Well, first I had acupuncture, which I've been told about, and I believe very strongly because if you look at my hand, you can't see. I have arthritis because the fingers are fairly normal looking. Uh-huh. Not if you look closely, but if you just look at them, even on one of my recordings, I have my two hands here, and, and you don't know that I have arthritis. I'm feeling that prevented it.
0: P, was there anything sort of willpower or, or or internal strength that you were able to draw on that has? I uh,
1: I, I, I was. I,
0: yeah, and i
1: I believe in. The unknown, I'm not frightened of the unknown, which is, a lot of, most most people are, I'm frightened of it, but I'm frightened of what I know. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> sometimes the, 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 the known is, is, is a little bit scarier sometimes for me, too, than the unknown. Do, do you have anyone, is, is there anybody still in Pittsburgh uh, from your family?
1: Yes, well, I had cousins living there.
0: Okay, and do, do you see them when you're back in town? Sure, okay.
1: yeah, I do. And I see, you know, there are friends that I had who are alive, and uh, I see them. And it's, it's wonderful.
0: Well, we'll have to come if 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 the Pittsburgh Penguins get into the to the Stanley Cup, you'll have to come back and drop the puck for them. <laughs> You've thrown out the okay. baseball.
1: <laughs> okay, you see the. <laughs> but, but, I don't know if I can take the adulation pitching the pitching the first ball. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me and have a wonderful oh, weekend. I've
1: enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Byron Janice has been our guest. He was born in McKeesport, grew up in Pittsburgh, celebrated concert pianist, was one of the first concert pianists to go to the Soviet Union during the Cold War, he has been a spokesperson for the National Arthritis Foundation and wrote a book in 2010 called Chopin and Beyond. You can get an 11-disc set of virtually every recording he ever made for RCA Victor from Sony Classical Records. Go to his website, byronjanus.com. You can also find him on Facebook. And that was our interview with Byron Janice, recorded in 2016.